is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome to the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Derek, a beautiful late summer day here in central Indiana. Not too hot. A little bit of a breeze out there. How's it doing in Michigan? Same. Exact same. Nice. You know, we, had the, we had the 90s for a while there. Yeah. The, the massive storms for a while there. Oh boy, what a good week this has been. I know we've still got like probably um, another good stretch or two even of too hot weather. And it it can only be made better by the start of college football season. That's That's the thing that officially ushers in fall is you get the first college football games on your TV um and and then it you know the calendar officially flips sort of like when baseball starts like the calendar is flipped to spring no matter if it's 42 degrees outside right yeah there's definitely those uh you know those first early uh big house games where you are dying of heat in michigan stadium cook. yeah especially after you you know you were tailgating for a little while having a couple of beverages perhaps not hydrating the way you should yeah right right because it's september and it's probably a cool 50 degree morning so you're thinking like oh i don't oh, need water today that's the and the next thing you know it's that like pewter sun 75 yeah. degrees september not a cloud of the sky afternoon no, no clouds and you're like mm-hmm. it is hot you got the sunburn you haven't had one since june <laughs> i've been there you thought you were recovered no nope. you're not um michigan did you see has had three players ranked on Bruce Feldman's uh, freaks list? Yes. Including uh, the top spot. And this is, what is this, three years in a row now that Michigan has had either number one or number two on this list? I believe so. Mozzie Smith comes in at number one. Aiden Hutchinson, you know, I didn't take the time to look this up, but I, I want to say... Um, he came in at number two last year. Is that right? Trying to, I was actually just trying to see if I could find out what last year's was. You know who would have almost? It says almost our top guy in 2021. Okay, so that sounds right. Um, Julius Welshoff comes in at number seven. DJ Turner number 31. Kenneth Grant, number 46. Um, I, I mean, let's put, just... I was going to say, let's what? just pause there. Like, what, what are your thoughts on on this list? Like, are those guys... I don't know. Like, are those the names you expected to see, I guess, on this list? If you, if you think of last year and Aiden Hutchinson and all the hype there was of Aiden Hutchinson and, you know, coming back after injury and, you know, you kind of knew that he was destined to have a good season, especially as the season rolled on. Like, are you shocked by any of the names on this list? Truly, I forget about this list every off season. I know he hasn't been doing it uh, for a long time, but like a little bit, maybe not shocked. That's not the right word, but just like, oh, wow. You know, I I guess I didn't realize Mozzie Smith was like that much of an athlete. Did you see the video of him? doing i don't know what the drill is called but it's it's basically like continuous box jumps oh yeah the the plyo test the the stairs yeah yeah like insane 
I don't know how high each one is, but to do that consecutively in like however two point whatever seconds or that that just blew my mind. I watched it a couple times. Um and that was it looks so he did it in two point eight two. And they said I, Hutchinson did it two five seven last year, but was sixty you know, around lighter. sixty pounds lighter. I mean this dude is six three 337, you know, the the way he tests uh, is is the reason he's up there. Uh, you know, for me, you know, and maybe I'm kind of comparing it to, you know, what Agent, Agent Hutchinson's output was last year. But, you know, see a guy like that number one on the list, not saying he hasn't made an impact uh, for Michigan, uh, but, you know, he's he definitely, I guess, is unproven uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, but his his body, you know, the way he tests, he's got NFL st- scouts drooling. You know, that's the type of guy you want uh, on the D line, uh, and he's he's likely to have a big season. He's definitely on my top players to watch list. Uh, but yeah, shocking maybe isn't the right word, but like I guess I wouldn't have expected him to be number one on this list. No, but to be fair, I like I said, I forget about it every time. And he he could have put um, any uh, many many players up at number one. I don't I don't think I would have been like what that's a that's a joke. Are you kidding me? Like, first of all, I don't even know the criteria for the freaks list. Is there official like like a score or a rating system that's public? I'm, I'm sure there is. I just I think when I was looking at the <laughs> list and you see Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, yeah, obviously son of a Colts great. Uh, number two, like that one kind of makes sense. That's a big bodied wide receiver uh, who, you know, has made some incredible plays already and is likely to break out with probably the best quarterback in in college football. Uh, And so like, that's maybe a name you'd expect to see at the top, but Hey, you know, Michigan is a coach's uh, top six team. Uh, A lot of people are high on, on what they'll be able to bring this season. A lot of it because of the players they have. Though it's not a no, though Harbaugh is going with a no star defense, uh, there are some guys that uh, are likely to break out and be stars. And you know, there are eyes on Mozzie Smith not only because of his athletic ability, but just the way he's carrying himself, presenting himself, uh, and preparing for the season. So, uh, just like to see Michigan players on the list. You know, no matter what the criteria is, it's good to see some names on there. Uh, you know, it's always fun to to have the number one spot too. Oh yeah. Um, my, my favorite wide, I just gave it away. My, I was going to say my favorite position group is, is the receivers. There's so much talent on here and, and you don't even have to say potential. Cause that's a word that just gets tossed around like, Oh yeah, they could really do something. You're looking at this group, Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson, Ronnie Bell, Andrew Anthony, AJ Henning, Mike Sandra still, who's looking like he'll be a two way player christian dixon out there like these are guys we have seen do something and and the case of like those those top four or five like they have um been impressive it's it's not just like oh yeah you know you see a flash here or there because that is the case for some guys but the core right there is proven and the fact that you get ronnie bell back uh from from his knee injury and and you know you have a stud or a couple of studs with, with Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson, a guy like Angel Anthony, who uh, looks like somebody who uh, could easily transition into a more prominent role this season is far and away my favorite position group. 
Yeah, so I've always just loved Michigan receivers. I think, you know, that's a lot of us, uh, you know, will go look at the passing yards record for Michigan and, and we're, you know, the furthest thing from blown away. Because you think of some of the, the great receivers uh, that have come through the program. And so to have a group that's this talented uh, and proven, you know, the way Ronnie Bell has played in his career, uh, the way Cornelius Johnson was consistent last year, you know, Roman Wilson really had a breakout season. Uh, and then the potential a guy like Andrew Anthony showed uh, as a as a receiver, uh, but then AJ Henning as you know much more than a receiver, a guy in the backfield, a guy in the return game, uh, and you know you haven't even mentioned the you know Marion Walker, uh, big six three uh, freshman from uh, Louisiana, and then Darius Clemens from Oregon, uh, another six three dude. Uh, one uh, much more built and stockier than the other. Walker's kind of a skinny guy. Uh, but now you have two guys that can go up and get it too. Uh, and they don't have to worry about being thrown right into the fire. They can learn, uh, um, you know, slow, slowly. They can get, you know, the right amount of reps for, for uh, how early they are into the process, even though they both were early enrollees. Uh, but to learn behind a guy like Andrew Anthony and Ronnie Bell and even now Roman Wilson with the time he's put in. Uh, and then just – with hopefully how Michigan will be able to spread the ball even more this year. Uh, what a great group and so deep, you know, you, you almost can't pick who's going to have the best season uh, because it's really going to be at some point, all of these guys are probably going to be wide open. Uh, just going to be a matter of if the quarterback can, can get it to him. Now, did you see Harbaugh? Um, and I can't remember if it was big 10 media days or one of the more recent media availabilities, talk about how Michigan uh, is not going to have a drop off at, at edge rusher. Yes. Am I making this up? I'm not no, making I, this it, up. I think it was something like that. And and again, too, that's, I, I hope that this defense is, I think this defense will be more fun as a unit. I, I think it's going to be hard to replace the Hutchinson Ajabo duo, but you're not going to replace them. And, and I think that's what a couple of the, the defensive coaches uh, said today uh, is just the fact that, like Minter uh, today was talking about, uh, you know, playing as one. Uh, Clink Scale is talking about uh, the whole unit playing together. Uh, and I think Jim Harbaugh is kind of taking this no-star approach, uh, but I think more so means, like, they're going to play as a unit, and as a unit, they're going to be one of the best defenses. I think last year, Aiden and, and Ajabo, as good as they played, because they were outstanding, got a lot of the credit. Because they were, they were, you know, single-handedly disruptive uh, to the opposing quarterbacks. But if this unit can break you down, uh, they could be a more consistent defense uh, and, and as good as last year. So it's hard to see uh, them not taking a drop off you know, when you look at the edges. Uh, but if that interior of the defensive line is is stronger, and a guy like a Mike Morris or a Taylor Upshaw is ready to really prove themselves, you know, and a handful of other guys that are on that line. Uh, I could definitely see how uh, maybe a, a little bit more back and forth of who's having the big days rather than, you know, the three-sack three, three sack Aiden Hutchinson or three-sack David Ajabo. But, yeah, I believe him when he says that, you know, this group could be better because they, like the offensive line, there are some big guys and they have a lot of talent and a lot of positions. I'm, I'm intrigued, I'll say, by the cornerbacks. Um, DJ Turner and Jamon Green, I don't think you – you leave a whole lot out there to necessarily be worried about. Um, Mike Sandra still, 
are we talking about like a legit two-way player here do you think like if he gets enough run um as as a receiver one way or the other and he's in there on defense perhaps at nickel like do you think he he turns into a legit two-way player I think he's going to be a three-way player. You know, you've you seen him out so? on special okay. teams before. I think yeah. he's going to get his reps on offense, going to get his reps on defense to keep guys fresh, and I think he's going to be all over on special teams. I, I mean, he's really going to be a do-everything player, uh, much different than obviously like a Jabril Peppers who was just like a freak athlete. Uh, but, you know, I, I think he's going to he's gonna get some run. Uh, I do think the two – you know, cornerback positions, the two starting positions on each side are probably locked down with the two guys you mentioned. But, I mean, there's kind of guys that can move around the field too. That's one of the things that Chris Gale said today is, you know, there's guys that uh, they're, they're training everybody to be ready for every position. Uh, though, you know, there's definitely guys who are uh, more ready than others, uh, you know, that have, are experienced. And then you've got guys that are, you know, like a DJ Turner who's going to be a cornerback. Whereas a Keon Sabs trying to learn all of the positions as a freshman, uh, and and potentially a freak freshman, R.J. Moten, you know, likely to be uh, with the safeties. Uh, Makari Page back there, kind of versatile, uh, you know. And then you got a guy brand new like a like a Will Johnson. There's no way he doesn't see the field early right. and often, depending on what the package is. Uh, he's going to get some time. So I think that's where Mikey Sanders still will get a lot of play. Is they're going to do a lot of you know different packages back there. Uh, and I think they're going to rotate a lot of guys in and out, and I think all of them need to be ready to go. But, yeah, uh, for him, I think he gets a couple of highlight plays in offense too, more than likely. Every time anybody mentions, you know, like the all-around guy, I think it it leads to the question of, like, well, is he all-around enough to get tossed around in the Heisman conversation? And I'm I'm not going to be surprised when everybody says, "Well, no." In this case of Mike Mike Sanders, still, but um, if if like, can you see it as a remote possibility just because of the fact that he could be out there doing a little bit of everything, and and if he puts together a couple highlights on both sides of the ball, perhaps even in the same game, could you see that conversation even starting? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially if you're on special teams, you block a punt, you get a receiving touchdown, pick sick, or just a couple of interceptions, a sack. I mean, any any guy who can do it multiple ways uh, is going to you know get some notice. So maybe it's more of a September Heisman conversation if he's performing on both sides or all three Michigan phases of the game. Michigan fans are familiar with the yeah, September we're, Heisman. We're, uh, we, we know the, the September Heisman very well, but <laughs> – yeah, I think he's going to be overshadowed on defense and likely because he's not going to get as many reps overshadowed on offense. But, um, you know, I think you can go into the season confident that he's going to make an impact no matter where he is. And I think that's why a lot of people wanted to say, oh, you know, it's a sign that the receiving room is too deep. He's not really a spot for him. I just think that, you know, a lot of these guys are, are really good uh, football players in general, many of them that can be two way. You know, Kari Willis, uh, you know, Played in the NFL. I think he might I saw he might have uh, retired actually, but he went to Michigan State. I covered him as a broadcaster when he was in high school at a, a Jackson yeah. local school. Uh, probably the best running back in the state. Never played an offensive snap at Michigan State. Started in the back uh, as a as a DB. So you know, if a Mike Sanders still is going to be just as good at a cornerback as he is as a wide receiver, that's a great thing for Michigan's defense. Uh, so full star or not, he's going to make an impact back there, and I think. He's likely found a, a more permanent home, though. We'll see him especially early on with all of his experience in the past. 
My second favorite position group is running back because there's a, I think there's a, a lot, even though you know what Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards can do, I think the fact that you're trying to replace Hassan Haskins leaves a bigger question mark than maybe we're like comfortable admitting because the philosophy, I don't, I don't think it can stay the exact same. Hassan Haskins was a bruiser. And Blake Corum, I know we like to compare him to Mike Hart, like a short, stocky guy who can hit you a little harder than than you think. But I think the way things operate back there is just going to have to be a little different. And I'm excited to see what Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards can do as like that one-two. I really am excited to see um, how they might work together same time on, on the field, um, especially um, if, if – if you throw in J.J. McCarthy in there, and then you, you might make some defenses panic a little bit. But I, I don't know. Do you think I'm right? Like, I, I think even though those two guys, like, they're good, obviously. We have seen that. There's not a question of, like, does Michigan have a good running back? Obviously, they do. They've got two of them. But replacing Hassan Haskins is, is a bigger deal than I think um, people are comfortable admitting. Yeah, Hassan Haskins was maybe one of the more consistent running backs I can remember, not only at Michigan, but in a while in general. He was always uh, going forward. Yeah, he just, you know, he always was going to pick up the extra yard or two. And with that offensive line, you could, you know, almost count on a sure first down and a third and one, third and two, fourth and one even situation. Uh, so do you have that this year? I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, so you have to find, you know, and that's why you bring back on my car, a guy who had a lot of success as a smaller back. Uh, you know, any, anytime you give a, a offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinators in, in Michigan's case, uh, and, uh, you know, a Mike Hart and the running back uh, coach position, the versatility that the first two guys have, uh, you know, is you, you almost are destined to figure it out no matter what. So you might not have that guy who falls forward, but can you have the guy who can make the explosive plays? Can you have a quarterback out there more often like a J.J. McCarthy who can also be a dangerous runner? Yeah. You know, convert a guy from a linebacker position like Hassan Haskins going back and forth early in the career like a clear Khalil uh, Mullings who can be that big bruiser back. Uh, you've got uh, Tavier Dunlap, but a little bit smaller but bigger of a guy, uh, maybe more known as a bulldozer than speedster. A little bit smaller, but bigger as a guy. No, just like, you know, smaller back, not a, not a huge <laughs> 6'5 guy, but, you know, he's going to plow okay. you up. Hassan Haskins was actually pretty, like, like just like Mullings. Like, Mullings is not a small dude in any facet. Uh, you know, you got these smaller backs that are bruisers uh, once in a while. Like a Mark, Mike Hart, like, he, was a, he, had some, he had enough speed to run away from you, but he was also, like, big enough to kind of, like, you know, give you the body. Yeah. Uh, and Blake Corum's really beefed up. You know, he's really put on the muscle, and I think he's trying to be exactly what Mike Hart was and, and likely could be. Uh, so with those two guys, you're, you're likely going to figure it out, uh, especially with a, a more versatile quarterback uh, taking as many snaps as they'll give him. Uh, but you have guys behind, including A.J. Henning, you know, who will be out there uh, at times in the backfield uh, who can bring something too. So you don't have Hassan Haskins, and I think you probably have to move on from that. Uh, but I do like that they're trying to convert a linebacker to maybe create that same uh, effective uh, third down back that Son Haskins was. Okay, no discussion of Michigan's roster is complete without talking about quarterback. 
Cade McNamara, JJ McCarthy, blah, 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 on and on and on. Um, I, I don't even, we don't even need to like get into oh, who's the starter and all that because we've talked about it and because like, I, I don't think anybody needs to have the discussion again, but um, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm really interested because of the spring game and what Davis Warren can do. Like, is he the third string? Alan Bowman is uh, still on the team as a, as a grad student. Um, I, I think I, I, if, if Davis Warren got out there in, in game action, and I don't mean like catastrophe, oh crap, he's got to start against Iowa or something. I just mean like if he gets out there in garbage time, even that would be, that would turn into like a t- immediately, I want to say a top, uh, three no top five highlight of the season all because of the spring game of course what he's gone through just to like kind of get to this position but outside of you know the Cade McNamara JJ McCarthy stuff Davis Warren is who I'm paying attention to I want to see him out in a game Davis Warren is probably going to trot out uh in the night game Michigan Hawaii and probably get the loudest roar of the night I that would that'd be, be my prediction at what point third quarter I'd say early fourth. Okay. I mean, the reality is, is no matter who starts, I would imagine against Hawaii, you want to get both guys reps. The hardest part about this season, and I think a good place to take this quarterback conversation, is how often will Michigan even need to throw early on with their schedule? And do you go into Iowa in a, in a situation where you haven't tossed the rock around? And I feel like we could talk about that every year, and it doesn't matter in a year like last year where you found a way to win. Uh, you don't need to look at Cade's numbers and be super impressed because they won a Big Ten championship. Uh, but you know you, you got to throw the rock around to see what you have, and and that'd be, you know, my biggest question is how often are they going to do that? Uh, how often is McCarthy just going to go out there and present a run package? Uh, and then you got guys like Jesse Minter saying that you know people don't give Cade enough credit for uh, how athletic. Uh, he can be back there, not maybe not maybe with his pure speed or his, uh, you know, his ability to get outside of the pocket, but the fact that he moves in the pocket so well. Quarterback, regardless, like even like a Tom Brady, you have to be able to move in the pocket well. Uh, and so, if if Cade McNamara is really good at that, where JJ McCarthy is more likely to scramble and and make the dazzling throw or the the dazzling outside run, uh, they both present different challenges. Uh, so what we see out of either of those guys or a Davis Warren early on, uh, I'm really interested in because I don't know that you're going to need to, you know, throw to win any of the early games. And so outside of a couple of possessions early on, if these games turn into early blowouts, I don't think we'll see a whole lot of uh, passing game from from either quarterback that's out there. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but I do like hearing the, the defensive coaches and defensive players. Uh, you know, everyone's doing the media time now uh you know mentor's been talking to his edge guys about you know sort of how to how to play against two very different quarterbacks so what we know based on what the michigan's defensive coaches are saying is both of these guys present their own challenges so you know i would assume we have a healthy quarterback battle uh you know definitely uh closer than it was last year i think Cade was likely to be the starter no matter what because of the little experience and composure he had Uh, but yeah we'll see uh that's one of the the many exciting positions, but probably obviously the one that has the biggest question mark. Now, I think you're right that Michigan 
you know, things go well. They're, they don't need to throw the ball around early, obviously. But I don't see that as a problem like I would most years. Because, like, and I feel like I've been saying this repeatedly, but you know what you have. Not just at quarterback, but the wide receivers we were talking about earlier. Like, there isn't anybody who's going to play a good amount of, of quarterback or receiver who who there are still questions about. You know what I mean? So I'm I, like, if, if Michigan goes out there and throws, you know, 20% of the time and, and like, they're just eating up yards and, and clock and in the second half of the first three games, that's fine by me because I, I've already seen it. Like, I don't, I know this, this is a new season, but I know what everybody is capable of. There wasn't a significant roster turnover at those positions. And so I'll, I'll be fine if, if that's what happens, even though most of the time I'm with, uh, with, with you and probably everybody else and like thinking, Oh gosh, but you know, do you really want Michigan like out there slinging it around for the first time on the road against Iowa? And it's like, Sure, not ideal. Uh, whose ideal situation includes going to Kinnick likely at night and and throwing it around for the first time in the season? Well, you know, that doesn't sound great, but this is a team that I would trust to do it just because of what we've seen. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm right with you there because you, you know how last year went and the fact that against Washington they ran 80% of the time, uh, did enough and they needed to do to, to you know, win that game. Uh, and then continue to take care of business outside of, you know, uh, a game against Michigan State and a, and a college football playoff game against Georgia. So, you know, I, I think more than being worried that they don't throw it around to Iowa, for me it's how do you take advantage of all of this wide receiver talent? Uh, even beyond, like, a recruiting thing, a lot of guys say, well, if you, you can't bring in the best guys, you don't throw to the best guys. I don't think I'm quite at that level, but. You know, when you have so many talented receivers, no matter who the quarterback is, you've got to be able to show that you can get them the ball. Uh, because one of the things that can get a you know, receiver going is getting that confidence early because they're getting the ball and able to do something with it. Uh, that's how you build that connection with receivers as a quarterback. You know, you're able to get them the ball in a spot that they like and, and then they take care of business. I think of the amount of times that, you know, Cade McNamara connected with Cornelius Johnson. Uh, I think of, you know, Andrew Anthony's big catch for 90 yards or whatever it was on the road against Michigan state, you know, that was just a taste of, of what he could do. Uh, and really just had a couple of, you know, few other moments after that, you know, another big one in that game, but you know, it was relatively quiet. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people are expecting even these young guys to break out, but I don't know that Michigan just simply throws enough to, to have five receivers have, you know, the best seasons of their lives, obviously. So uh, I think any one of those receivers, like we, talked about kind of come a full circle with the position groups we're excited about uh, can have big years but you know ultimately it's uh, what quarterback can get it to them and, and what they can do effectively in the passing game so we'll see enough to know it's um, going to be fine uh, you know we know all the players returning on offense I don't think there's a lot of question marks about how good the offense can be it's just going to be a matter of uh, if they execute when a game is on the line uh, whereas there's you know the biggest question marks at who starts at quarterback who plays at quarterback uh, the most. Uh, but, you know, ultimately I think the biggest question mark is how do you replace the two guys you lost on the defensive line? Uh, and is your, is your line and your edge and uh, you know, your core in general going to be good enough to 
to slow down teams because that's you know obviously as important in, in defense. Um, last thing here before we go, and and I'll go first and give you a minute to think, but I want to get your offensive and defensive MVP prediction here. So I'm going to go with Blake Corum on offense because I think this is a team that's still going to run the ball a lot and depend pretty heavily on that backfield. And Blake Corum is going to end up with the bulk of those carries, even though you will definitely sprinkle in Donovan Edwards. And, I, and I'm sure that'll be good and fun, but I think Blake Corum ends up being the guy back there, especially when you consider you know, Donovan Edwards is probably going to get a little more run also coming out of the backfield, catching passes like he did a little bit of uh, last season. Defensively, this is much tougher, but I'm going to go with DJ Turner. I, I think he's he can be a good playmaker out there. This, this whole defensive backfield has come such a long way from where they were uh, two years ago. And, and DJ Turner and, and Jamon Green, who, you know, they'll probably start opposite of each other. Like they were, they were in the thick of it two years ago. And, and now they've, they've come a long way with, with the rest of, of those DBs and, and, and really everybody on that defense. But I think, even though I'm way less confident about this pick, I think he ends up being the guy at the end of the season you look at as like the defensive MVP. Like that. Yeah. You know, for me, uh, I'm kind of caught. In the, in the sophomore realm uh, on defense, uh, there's two guys that come to mind, Rod Moore and Junior Colson. I, I think I'll, I'll go with Junior Colson. I think his opportunity to, to lead a, uh, you know, I, yeah, Michael Barrick back there is a graduate um, student at this point, but I think, you know, Junior Colson is likely going to be the leader uh, on that defense at the linebacker position. And just, you know, the, the fact that you've got to be able to blitz as well as you can cover. And stop the run, of course. And so I think Junior Colson will probably be defensive MVP. I think we'll see it from a different position uh, just because the all-around player a linebacker needs to be. Though, really intrigued by the edge and position and who can kind of step up there. And then in the most fiery, uh, probably predictable take of all time, okay, my offensive MVP is J.J. McCarthy. Oh, boy. Yep. Yeah, I saw that one coming. I mean, you think he will gets it? Will it be a there. September Heisman? No, because I don't think he's going to do anything but split fifty percent of the time. But I okay. think that JJ McCarthy will will start eventually, and I think that Cade McNamara uh, is the best uh, person to have on the team alongside him. Someone who understands composure, understands game management, uh, and can affect the game uh, both on and off the field really really well and i just think at the end of the day i think the best players play uh when they're ready to play and if i look at how they handled jj mccarthy last season and kind of eased him into it uh in the way that you hear you know everyone talk about both quarterbacks you know michigan legitimately has two really good quarterbacks that could start several places but i think ultimately the the player with the higher ceiling and probably you know the, the most potential gets the most of the snaps and i think that he'll It'll be the highlight because I think, you know, once you, you see him get the reins, you know, and, and that could be next year. Maybe it's not this year, but I think once you give him the reins, I think that passing game changes significantly. Uh, and I think you start, uh, you know, that's where that Heisman conversation kind of comes in, uh, you know, for the future. Uh, because a guy who can run and throw the ball effectively, shall that be J.J. McCarthy, is definitely going to be you know, one of the MVP caliber. But I will say your pick is – probably a much more solid pick, even though he's okay. also going to split time with uh, 
Donovan Edwards, Blake Corum could have a huge year. You know, he was a September Heisman guy. Uh, he was a guy that had all the stats early on, all the touchdowns early on, and continued to make explosive plays even when his knee was bad. So, you know, Blake Corum might be one of the most electric players in college football, and a bigger version of Blake Corum is probably going to run over you as well. Uh, I think he's going to be probably the most exciting player to watch on the Michigan football team. All right. Well, we'll drop it there. Next week we'll get back. We've got predictions next season or next week, don't we? Yeah, we do. I'm okay. prepared. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'll have to. I, I like to do a decent amount of research on this actually because I hate being wrong. Love being able to look back and be like, oh yeah, I called that. It's, it's almost like a March Madness bracket. Mm-hmm. You're like you think about it way too much, and you mo- you look stupid most of the time. But occasionally you're like, oh yeah, I called that because I was I was doing some research at about one thirty two in the morning and and figured out how this was gonna go down. But um, I'll we'll, say this: we'll do, what? Okay, okay. You can't do worse than last year. I can't. I mean, I'd be shocked. <laughs> you're either going to think Michigan's going to be terrible this year or you're going to think Michigan's going to go undefeated and okay. wet the bed. Because I think last year you guessed seven wins. I think I did. So I I, I would be sad. I mean, if you think they're going to be good and they're bad, I'd be sad. Uh, but okay. I'd be shocked if you uh, are as many games as you were off last year. No, I'm not nearly as pessimistic this offseason as I was last Do less off-season. research than last season. Uh, that's my recommendation okay. to you. Because your research last season, last season didn't. Okay, okay. That makes more sense. I was going to say, if you researched last season and that's what you came up with, I, I would maybe just go with your gut this season. I need to do the opposite of that. Because right. my gut is always like, yeah, bad things are going to happen. Six win Michigan football. Six win Michigan. Yeah, sneaking into the Alamo Bowl. Does that still exist? Uh, I'm sure it's changed names 47 times in the last three seasons, so I'm going to guess no. Sneaking into the Michelin Tire Alamo Bowl. I once went to, uh, telling the story uh, this weekend at a Tigers game, I once went to Ford Field to watch the Little Caesars Pizza Bowl. It was Western Michigan versus Purdue. And the pizza that was being sold at the Little Caesars Pizza Bowl was, (laughs) drumroll, do you have a guess? Um... Pizza Hut? Domino's. Oh. They Same couldn't thing clear they could not clear the uh you know the little uh can't think of what you call it right now, but the uh, the fact that Domino's was the pizza of Ford Field and even though the little Caesars pizza bowl came rolling into town, it did not matter. Domino's pizza was for sale that day and it made absolutely no sense for me because I was just young enough to not understand cor- corporate sponsorships. Oh, you know, um, you know how Dr. Pepper sponsors like the entire uh, conference championship weekend. Yep. And so it's, you know, the, the big 10 championship game Mm, presented by Dr. Pepper. You can't find a Dr. Pepper at Lucas oil stadium. They don't sell it. Those stadiums, same thing happened to me. They don't listen to any rules or they don't follow any of those things. No, no, I, I should have put in a formal complaint, but yeah, that made me mad. I was like, what do you mean you don't have Dr. Pepper at the Dr. Pepper Big Ten football championship? Same. Whatever. All right. We'll complain about that stuff uh, more, I'm sure, but but predictions next week. So be ready for that. Until then, take care out there. And go blue.